Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans. Oh, I'm sorry. You called me out on this last week. We're 25-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices so that, well, we've gone underground so that we can stay employed. Because um, our bosses, our employers would never allow us to bring you our unfiltered, candid, um, unvarnished, remarkably, I mean, you know, quite vulnerable views on stocks. What? I don't know. That You're was getting nonsense. off somewhere. I yeah, know. I'll edit that out. Uh, every week we get together and look for ideas in that week's value line investment survey, which we've done for years. Um, and we, uh, you know, we talk about what we think are the best ideas that week. We want to remind everybody uh, first that this is for entertainment purposes only. And we may own all the stocks that we're talking about or have uh, really a variety of nasty other conflicts of interest. So assume the worst and you'll be in the best position. Um, And then there's also that, you know, official, our lawyers make us tell you that, you know, we may know nothing about what we're talking about. So don't rely on anything. Don't apply. Right. Entertainment uh, purposes. Don't assign any expert view to anything you hear us say. Um, and honestly, sometimes it's, you know, usually it's Friday after work. So uh, what are you doing Friday is, after work? This is going so, on a little bit, isn't it? For no, not intro? really. I'm right wow. within the, you know, I may have been overserved. It's, it's late also, yeah. but let's go, let's just get on. To learn more about us, uh, please visit our website, thevalueguys.com. Uh, in the second half of the show, I, Vern Value. We'll be back with three tasty little treats to talk to you about. But what? first, I'm going to turn the show over to <clears throat> the executive with that little extra, Val Hughes. Oh, my God. Have you been taking, like, radio announcer lessons or something? No, like but that? I was I... exposed to some uh, radioactive yeah. material. <laughs> okay. That's very similar, <laughs> I'm sure. All right, listen, I, uh, I'm kind of sleepy this I, week. Uh, I don't have a lot of, you know... Work done as usual. It's very late. Vern's not going to tell you this. I will. It's midnight again. We're doing. We're trying to bring it you is. the show. We have weird schedules now. It's Wednesday, or I forget what day it is actually. But the market has gotten so volatile, and Value Land has gotten a little bit spanked over the last couple of days. Um, I guess it's not straight up from here, earnings wise. And companies are reporting earnings that are missing by a few cents here and there, or I've seen companies make earnings estimates and then, you know, guide to the number that was already there and the stocks go down 10%. It's, it's hard to say what's happening, whether it's earnings disappointments, fear of health care legislation, tax legislation. Well, the market has baked uh, in a more optimistic view of well, the future and anything that calls that into question I is that, bad news. Uh, as soon as, yeah, I mean, as, as soon as you get a dose of reality in some of these stocks, they're pretty beat up. The market seems to be kind of noticing that the big gains over the last seven months, some of may have been a little bit overdone. And the banks, you know, a lot of the banks are reporting, and guess what? They're still reporting some losses. It's not over, people. Um, I was looking through um, some some uh, publications at the St. Louis Federal Reserve today, which I encourage everyone to go do. It's free. National Economic Trends is a great publication. It gets you up to date with the pulse of what's going on in the economy and, um, you know, it was pretty bad. The data goes back 20 years. I've got data going back farther. But, you know, it tells you that things have been pretty bad. We are coming out of it, not completely out of it, and the market seems to be adjusting a little bit. So there's still some value. I guess that would be my point. 
uh, three ideas this week from Val Hughes, as you'll get every week. And this week, uh, Vern, I'm back to page number order. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Oh. I attribute no, to me, thank I gather, you. Thank right? you for... Uh, for being Coming up uh, absent. With it? No, Vern, that's just, I'm going to have You're my welcome. lawyers calling you. If there's anyone who invented page number order, uh, writing it down with a pen on the value lines for our shows, it was me. That's my, uh, I should trademark that. Revisionist. Um, that's I all don't I think so. That's it's all I in the say. old shows. People One word. Go listen back. Revisionist. First up this week, Dean Foods, ticker DF, page 1910. And I didn't really want to do this one this week, frankly. I'm forced to do it. Uh, Vern and I never choose the same stocks. I mean, so I don't even have to check with him anymore. But this week, we both chose Flowers Industries, or Flowers Foods. Flowers Foods. And I was like, what? How could we choose the same one? So I'm just telling you, I bowed out. I may chime in when he's doing his, because I have a lot of notes written here on Flowers. But I just put it away. I'm trying to help. Help with the show. He seemed to have some work done on that. So, my uh, you know understudy was Dean Foods. Dean Foods, um, you know, it's cheaper. Uh, they actually then what? <clears throat> then flowers. Oh my God! Let me just get on with it. It's eleven times earnings. It's seven times enterprise value to EBITDA. Okay, it's cheaper. That's a 14% cash-on-cash return. One point Let me just get into the story, Vern. I'm running out of time now. People are probably getting annoyed that we haven't even talked about anything yet. (laughs) Now, Dean Foods is an old-line company. They did milk, I think, in the Midwest. They were actually bought by uh, Suiza Foods a number of years ago. I think 2001, it says here. But then they just changed the name back to Dean because people knew what that, that was. And they had milk. A lot of dairy, and I think they still do that. Their operating margin isn't that good. It's around 8%, 6-7%, which tells me no one's going to come in and try to compete. These guys probably shouldn't be doing that. That's so low. But maybe they make up for it in the asset turnover. No, they don't. Return Gee. on total capital, 8%. Flowers has double-digit so, margins. Yeah, let's talk about that later. Mm-hmm. That's one okay. I would have been doing had you not been doing it. <laughs> Uh, but the thing about this one, it offers you, and here's a trade-off if you want to listen to the flower story. Flowers has a little more growth. They have a higher return. They have a higher growth rate built in by the nature of what their capital spending is returning. So they have opportunities for new investment that Dean obviously doesn't. Or Dean has sleepier management, whatever. They're at 8% uh, return on capital. Now their business is so stable that they're able to lever that a little bit. They're 75% debt to capital. And while debt can be dangerous, we've seen that over the last two years. Uh, in this case, you know, the milk business is pretty stable, and so uh, they have uh, this interest covered pretty well four times, and their operating income over time has been very stable, so no banker's going to think that's very, um, uh, very risky. And it allows them to leverage up for us, the stockholder, to a 20 you know, percent return on equity, which is pretty res- respectable. There's not high growth here. Uh, they, they frankly don't pay much of a dividend. I don't quite understand why, because they're not doing anything really great with the money. So one of the upsides here is that they start to pay a dividend at some point. And uh, I don't think you have much downside. The stock peaked a few years ago at 50, um, with 270 a share in cash flow. Now the stock's 19. They've got 320 a share in cash flow. So they're doing better on an operating side. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think interest expense may be a little higher now. This may be a stock that still has a little bit of fear in it. You know, we've talked about this fear lifting. It hasn't lifted yet from Dean How Foods. How about fear of sleepy management? 
Well, you know, that's the thing. Management can get bought out and uh, taken out. You know, they do own 8% of the stock here, Uh-oh. so it's going to be a little harder to take them out. There aren't any inside buyers. So, you know, Wellington owns 7%. That's not enough to take out the company. But I suspect that with a brand and good distribution, eventually, you know, at a cheap price, someone will come and buy this out. Suiza did. So they changed the name. Maybe someone will buy this and change the name again. Who knows? Okay, next up, McCormick. What a compelling idea. Thank, Thank you, you for leading for that. off no, with that. No, it's my pleasure, Vern. Did this no, you don't have to order? apologize. Wow. You don't have to apologize. Okay, MKC, page 1925, McCormick. I've talked about this before. McCormick is an old-line spice company, but they tried to spice up their own offering by coming out with prepared foods that had spices in them. So I... <laughs> No, listen, and it's a good theme. It's like people don't want to... We sell gas. Let's make no, cars. Listen, people don't know... Not at all. People don't know how to cook, but they know how to throw a piece of chicken in the oven. So if McCormick can pre-spice it up at the factory, you throw that piece of chicken in your oven. Now you've got a nice you know, oven-cooked sort of quality restaurant meal because they put all the spices in the right ratios. That was a growth business. Now, and it was higher margin. Now, the problem is that's hurting them right now. People are going back to basics. They're not buying as much of that. The reason I'm <laughs> They're talk- saying, gee, I can shake the pepper on well, the chicken right. myself. Yeah, thank you. They're reading a cookbook. <laughs> they get it at the library. It's free, you know, but what have you. So <clears throat> people will get back to the convenience. That's baked into the stock. One of the reasons I like it is right now it's trading at the cheapest multiple it ever trades at. This thing puts up a mid-teens return on capital. Year in and year out, they have an upper teens operating margin. So there's something very proprietary here about uh, not just the spices and all that, but really just the distribution. Well, the name, The spice racks. Listen, I'm trying to convey information. Nobody else can. Yeah, you're very funny. Okay. Uh, So this has a great, I think, franchise built around high-quality spices. They've got these spice racks that humans want to fill up. Humans want to fill stuff up. I don't know why. I'm trying to support your story. Listen, thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. All the great companies, the gift companies and all that, they sell you three things, and then they sell you the container for it. Why? Because humans <laughs> want to fill that stuff up. Because the container will hold yeah. nine more. No, it's just human nature. <laughs> if you have a space, you want to fill it. I'm just, I, I don't want to get all mm-hmm. Freudian on you, but that's how humans are. And so McCormick does that very well. Uh, they have a lock on the shelf item, they, on the shelf space. They've gone to a little higher well, quality. I mean, look, no multi-packing. Uh, How come they don't take I don't popular know. combinations and sell them at they, a, you know, a discounted know. Yeah. price together? They do. No, no. no they do to a maintain little of that. the price premium, you got come on, help one me. container, uh, one spice. Okay, very good. Boring. I don't know, Vern. Listen, uh, maybe, maybe you should write into them. That sounds brilliant. Okay, back to the actual uh, financial story here. They're putting up a great return on equity, return on capital. Growth is estimated to be around 8%, so that's food growth plus a little inflation. During this period, you know, volumes are a little sluggish because of what I mentioned, the high-end stuff's not moving. But they just took price increases. There's no issue. They priced it up, so they're running that through. Their operating margins are actually rising through this period. They have not had a single down quarter through this period, so very solid putting up a 3% yield, dividend yield, and it's trading at a discount to the average P.E. It usually trades at a premium. So to me, that's easy money. Nine times EBITDA, that's an 11% cash-on-cash return. Value line says earnings are going to grow at 8. Maybe that's about right. Who knows? That gets you close to 20%. T-bills are 3.5, and this pays you 3. So I like it a lot. I like that one. And last up, 
Um, oh, no. Well, I would be doing flowers right now, but I'm not because Vern uh, asked me not to. Or did I volunteer? I forget what it was. You only had three to do, right? And I had a few extras. That's what it came down I'm to. I'm playing the Cary Grant All right, Grant listen. Role as here's the a couple cat of ideas. I've here. talked about both of these before. I'm going to look at them together. Universal, um, UVV, and Philip Morris, both I've tobacco done companies. Oh, these no, are addictive drugs, and so people continue to buy them. So hence the franchise value. In other words, the proclivity for people to keep buying these are driven by the addictive addictive nature of the product itself. It's almost unfair, ladies and gentlemen, but yet they do it. Now, the reason I've talked about Philip Morris before PM, and I'll focus on that one, even though it's up a little bit, is that this is the international arm of Marlboro. So they get to do all the things that Marlboro was prevented from doing here, like advertising, uh, Give them away with lollipops. Giving them to children. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> listen, I, that's another show. But uh, the, the idea that the Chinese and the Indians and the, the, the countries growing in wealth have this uh, have you interest ever been in to China? tobacco. Everybody smokes listen, in China. Of course. I know, that's why I'm doing it, Vern. Thanks for the value add. Listen, these guys are putting up a 4.5% yield, dividend yield. They're paying you that in cash. The cash flows here, I think, are going to be very consistent. Uh, again, addictive drug, high teens operating margin, mid-20s return on capital. They lever that into a, I mean, they're going to do a 60% return on equity next year. That's almost criminal. And in America, it is, but not in the rest of the world. So that's why I like this. This thing was spun yeah, out. Yeah, but can it grow? Yes, Vern. Yes, it can. Because I thought smoking what? rates were on the decline everywhere. Listen, here's what you have. Where no, are they no, growing? I was just saying that earlier, ah. uh, Vern, but you're not listening at all and you're interrupting. I am now. It's related to income, Vern, and GDP. So India, China, these are the places that continue to advance uh, smoking, and there has not been a change in that. In the advanced nations... Uh, in the sense of GDP not growing as fast. They're just going to want stable. a cowboy cigarette. Yeah, no, right? health care is just something you want after you're wealthy. Smoking is what you want when you're poor and becoming yeah. wealthy. No, that's it's just point. well documented. Yeah. Uh, this yield is well higher than the T-bill rate, I think. It's going to be sustainable. And you have the potential for this thing really to get some type of you know, growth rate and multiple on the basis of just advertising, driving business yeah, the way it hasn't been allowed to in a, America. It's got a cloud uh, It's 10 times it. EBITDA, <clears throat> and that's, uh, come on, man, 10% return and uh, on cash and a little bit of growth, 15% on that one, Philip Morris. What are you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Jay Leno tonight? I mean, Jesus, man. <laughs> no. All right. Vern value, I, I no ado, no ado. Just no ask a question. No, you're just interrupting for no reason, just to hear I yourself ask questions talk. or... Here, no ado, Vern value, no ado. Okay, take it away. Yeah. Yeah, it's late. I'm just trying to convey ideas to the people, and you're suddenly Jay Leno over here. I mean, come on. Mm. Awkward. Okay, awkward <laughs> silence. Okay. Are you done? No, I am done. I Thank am done. you. Um, so I'm going to do them in page number order too. I haven't done them in page number order in a while. Um, so I'm going to lead off with Campbell's Soup, which is, uh... You're going to, you're going to owe me a royalty now if you do this in page number order, my friend. Hmm. Yeah, that's my... Oh, go my ahead and thing. dream on. Oh, yeah. My attorneys are already working on yeah, the paperwork. Yeah, all right. Okay. Great. Look, there's lots Great. of other applications for this kind of technology. A page number so. thing, it's patent number... Four billion two hundred ninety-two thousand. Oh yeah, check yeah we'll, it out. we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, I like the sleepy management idea. 
This is uh, this is my play on it instead of Dean. I mean, you know, we'll see. Uh, officers and directors, including heirs of founder John Dorrance, owned 45% of Campbell. So uh, there might be, I, I guess that's a good reason why there was a lot of sleepiness at Campbell. But Campbell's waking up, and they have tremendous franchise value here, and they make a great product. Um, you know, you were talking about the appeal of uh, McCormick. Um, you know, it, it, they had a higher growth rate for a while because they were putting spice in the f- food and selling food to people. Well, that's what Campbell does. Campbell has the same opportunity. They have the trust of people in the kitchen, and they can lever that. But uh, they also make a uh, nutritious and satisfying hot meal that can be prepared anywhere if you have two things, heat and a pot. And really, the pot's kind of optional. The, yeah, you don't need that. Because you can use the can. Use the can. Right? We did one so, we went camping. Um, and again, you know, in a, if you're desperate, anything's optional. So I guess you don't have to have the heat either. Although it's, you know, it's really better if you make it into soup. Um, and they have finally awakened, I think, in terms of what they could possibly do with the, you know, the whole category of soups. Now, they own some other businesses like Swanson. They uh, uh, own Pepperidge Farm. They uh, are V8 Juices and Godiva Chocolate. So there's some other businesses here, but it's the soup business that drives this thing. And it's uh, been a remarkably stable stock over time. But it's been a beat up, been beat up a bit on a relative basis as the markets recovered. This stock, uh, you know, this is what you wanted to own when the market was cratering. But now that it's recovered, boom, you know, Campbell by really not recovering with the market. I did this one, I think, uh, last rotation. I thought you did Hershey. Well, maybe two ago then. I've got I like 3% yield I like all here. the brands they have. I've got 3% yield, and um, Value Line thinks they can grow the top line at 7%, kind of number you were talking about, reasonable. They see total return potential 15 to 25%. I'd say that's, you know, at least because um, – uh, since it's been a very predictable stock over a long period of time, um, it's interesting to look at what kind of valuation it's gotten. And historically, the top end of the range has been somewhere in the neighborhood of twice sales. And um, with uh, sales per share uh, at $21 looking backwards and the stock at 32 um, you know, you're looking at basically – uh, 40% upside to 45, which is what twice revenue would be, you know, at, you know, at least 45, uh, 46, Were you asking 47. Me, well, I'm not too yeah, sure about know. the math. I don't have, uh, a I've calculator. been, um, you know, refreshing myself a bit. Very late. Um, enterprise value to EBITDA here is seven and a half times. It's about 10 times what value line calls cash flow per share. Um, they did see sales decline in 2002, as the economy was bottoming out and uh, people weren't so weren't stocking up on soup because we were uh, heading into, you know, a deep, dark recession. No one knew what would happen. We've already had that down phenomenon, 2008 to 2009. But uh, Value Line's looking for growth from this point forward, and I'd say that that's a reasonable bet. And one of the things that has me really excited about the growth potential here is that they are apparently just starting in Russia and China. They uh, uh, apparently uh, su- testing soups in Russia 
and uh, starter soups in China, you go, gee, would the Chinese like to drink soup? I, anybody that knows anything about China knows that soup is a, uh, is an integral part of the Asian diet, particularly the Chinese diet. So, of course, there's an opportunity there. Uh, over time, this is something Maybe, maybe that, they won't like American soup. But China is big enough that you could turn something like Campbell into a growth stock again at some point What if point they don't want, uh, you know, we don't get Chinese hamburgers over here, so maybe they just won't go but for they don't eat. But they don't eat hamburgers themselves. Right. They're not experts in the preparation of hamburgers like we are experts okay. in the preparation what, of soups. Uh, how about rice? Do we eat Chinese rice? I don't think we claim to be yeah. experts in the preparation well, of rice. Well, whatever it is. The point I, you know, well your made. Your point is completely, it's completely well made. It's completely on target. They may be so. It's very late, they folks. May be Let so, me apologize for my uh, colleagues. Attached to their local brand, that there's no chance for this us. This is just a gratuitous like attack Chinese pizza because you want to interject something. No, it's not. I'm just trying to point out Come the on, risks. Man up. Risks to your idea. That's okay. all. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean. Well, thanks for that. I mean, I it's not a shoeing. Everybody's pretty excited about you sharing that with everybody. Well, I think you got to think about whether we'd have any chance, whether Campbell would have any chance. The stock, uh, this company just put up uh, uh, their, uh, what, one, two, three, third consecutive negative quarterly sales comparison, expected to flatten out <clears throat> in the October quarter. So that'll be reported soon. And so we're right China? in. Is that the China influence? Well, maybe. I, you yeah, know, I don't I know. know. They don't, tell you, they don't say anything Sink about hole. how big uh, <laughs> foreign is only 30% of sales uh, at this point. And China is, you know, like a lot bigger than that's going the United down, States Vern. of America. That stock. And a lot of people going down. Going down? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually actively rooting against it? Uh, no. No, I'm not. I think I, oh, okay. I'm on record recommending it. So it more aggressive well management. Late, in, Why has it been going down so much I think much what lately? people, they've been doing a lot of interesting things with packaging as well. Um Chart Why has it been going terrible. down? No, the stock's been going up. The relative oh, that's your pen mark. Yeah, that's my pen oh. mark on the relative. Oh, I see. It's gone up, but not nearly as fast yeah. as the market. And so it's gone from being what, however it was priced a to a mark. relative bargain. For God's sake. Yeah, pen mark. I like stocks that have been in a long, uh, underperforming trend. If it's sharp. What if it's because they're they losing their competitive advantage and that trend is Campbell just going to continue? Soup? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, for one thing. I'll just say a thing. I'll, I'm just going to say it. Sure, okay? it's my, it's right. my time. Yeah, what the you heck? Know, why not? Metal containers. <laughs> you know what people like? Glass. That's what sells now, not metal. How about that's very having exciting. To mix water. So the in. next stock I'm going to talk people about because like I'm doing it in page number order uh, is on page 1913. Is Flowers Foods. Uh, the theme here is outsourcing. This is a baked goods company. You would know them by their brands, Nature Zone. Bluebird, Mrs. Freshly's, European Bakers, and Cobblestone Mill. I never heard of a single one of those. What does it say? You <laughs> I don't know, know them by their selling, brands. They're selling $2.5 billion worth of stuff with these brands. I don't so, get out enough, I guess. Well, they only have 29 bakeries, so I'm thinking they haven't covered the entire United States yet. And Value Line talks about the geographic opportunity here. They're also making acquisitions. Here's what's different about this company. Since 2005, market has started uh, trading this up to at least one times revenue uh, every year. And this year, that would mean the stock needs to go to 30, and it's under 24. So very interesting situation for a 
um, producer and marketer of packaged bakery goods in the U.S. only, okay? A lot of buying in this stock by insiders over the last year. I noticed that. Year. I noted that. Uh, pays a three percent yield if you want to wait around for something to happen. There's I noted only, that one also. Debt's only twenty eight percent of capitalization. It's I eight times on an EBITDA basis. Value lines looking at double digit cash flow and earnings growth. Uh, the near term outlook looks good, and I'm telling you, outsourcing is a theme here because um, you know while the giants, the Safeways and Krogers, are going to have baked goods, I mean, bakeries actively operating in their stores, a lot of small um, regional or local chains really can't sustain. I don't know what it is, but their return on capital anymore. just keeps going up. They're doing up up something better than anyone. Uh, well, they're, they're uh, consolidating a category and going nationwide. Flowers Foods, FLO. Third one, really an old favorite of mine, uh, Hormel Foods, symbol HRL. This is on page 1920. Pays the smallest yield, just a little over 2%. But this stock, uh, under 37, one times revenue, which it has a long history of trading to, is 50 bucks. Uh, you know, number one theme, tough times. Tough times. Uh, tough stock times. outperformed uh, going into, through, and out of the recovery from the last recession. Was starting to repeat that pattern and then just has been destroyed by the recovery in the market. It's way too early for this thing to be underperforming. Um, they had massive revenue growth last year. Value line says flat. I say they're wrong, that they're going to be, I mean, they're saying they're going to be uh, uh, down. I'm saying they're going to be at least flat. You get this for under eight times revenue. Um, you know, theme number one is in tough times, people, you know, end up having to eat spam and other uh, canned meat products. It's delicious. Um, and number two, guess what? They're also just breaking into China. What's the first thing people do when they have more money? They want to buy meat. But China doesn't have they enough grain meat, though, <coughs> to feed a giant uh, meat industry of its own. So it's going to be an importer, just like all of Asia is, as their populations gain more disposable income. So Hormel now suddenly, hey, get a ham in a can. <laughs> for that the, for the Chinese New Year, oh my I mean, God. what do you need? Duck or I'm, whatever. They'll put it in a can. They're experts at it. Duck in a can. As they learn how to fine-tune their product like Spam for the American palate to the <laughs> comparable product for the Chinese. Um, oh. It'll dinty more beef stew for China, whatever it needs to be. They're just getting there started there. They're going to – it'll be a killer. Uh, McCormick's my favorite this week, everyone. Um, i got to go with Campbell's my favorite, CPB. We'll see you All next right, week. Bye, everybody.